About what? Exactly. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to another set rap session. Rap. rap. Not, not isn't like Yo MTV raps. No, this is uh, where we're going to sit here. We're going to rap about what? About something. Mm-hmm. It's always about something or maybe a lot about nothing. Yeah. I am, uh, once again, one of your hosts, Ty, in the basement of uh, my other co-host, Justin. That would be my basement. Yeah, your basement. In a very cleanly room. Yeah. This room is really coming together. <laughs> well, we only had to move a few boxes to get inside the room today. Yeah, well, you've got uh, more people living here than normal. That's true. My oldest son moved back in while he's uh, looking for a home of his own to purchase. Mm-hmm. So we're very proud of him. He's um, head and shoulders above where I'm at. Uh, and I think I'm twice as old as him. So. Yeah, you are, pretty yeah, much. Pretty much twice as old as him, and he's already bypassed me. We work at the same company. And the kid's like, what kid? I mean, he's, <laughs> he's my superior. <laughs> well, to be fair, though, he has worked there quite a bit longer. You were working other places. Yeah. So. Yeah, I wasn't really planning on, on working there. It's just that the last place I worked kind of went under. <laughs> kind of turned into a shithole, didn't it? I really did. <laughs> yeah. I mean, that's what happens when... You know, the owner and all the management that was put in place for years decides to leave and, mm-hmm. you know, and then... Or the, die. Yeah, or die. The owner died, yeah. obviously, and then the man, a lot of the management left, and mm-hmm. they've made some poor decisions since, so... Yeah. Um, good luck to them, and by good luck, I mean, hopefully they go out of business shortly. Yeah, let's just you know, put this one out of its misery. Or at least somebody can take over that knows what they're doing. Sure, hope so for the sake of some the, of the, the people. Legacy. Well, in the sake for some of the people we know that still work there, you know, sure. we we certainly. I mean, I say that in jest, you know, for them to go out of business. I don't want them to go out of business, but the people running it need not to be running it any yeah. longer. Very true. So, my wife is in love with what she calls critters. Yeah, uh, you would kindly know them as. Uh, Rock chucks or yellow-bellied marmots? Uh, yellow-bellied marmots. She loves them. We went to Pocatello last weekend, and there are yellow-bellied, mar- yellow-bellied marmots all over Pocatello. Easy for you to say. They're all over here, too. Yeah? Oh, yeah, they're everywhere around here. Have you not seen them around here? No. Like the rock chucks, the big chubby ones? Yeah. They're adorable, but no, I, I see the gophers, the, the you know, little ground squirrels, but... Yeah, there's there's quite a few. Of the I mean, they can get. Yeah, they get pretty big. Can you see this on the yeah. microphone? Not that big. Yeah, we saw we went and got a drink and uh, we stopped and there was one just sitting on the sidewalk. So I pulled up to it. It got scared and left. You know, my wife was mentioning the same thing that these yellow bellied marmots. She said, "Have they always been around here, or you know, we just didn't, never saw them?" But now all of a sudden, it seems like they're everywhere. There's a family of them that live down behind Neaters and Logan, and yeah, yeah, just to the north of Neaters. Yeah, um, 
I've never seen them. Like, I think the closest I've seen them here is up in Lava Hot Springs. Well, I, you know, I was a sportsman and always did a lot of hunting and, and things like that when I was yeah. younger. And I never seen them ever. Yeah. And now I can drive around and they're in fields everywhere. Where'd they come from? I don't know. They're, they're apparently a close cousin relative of a groundhog. Yeah. Um, just that's, a, that's exactly what they look like. Yeah, they're just smaller than groundhogs a little bit, but they're still not. Some of them aren't very small either. No, they can get kind of portly. Yeah, <laughs> some of them can. So, so we might be getting one of those as a pet, even though it's legal yeah. to own one. It's all right. They're adorable. They are adorable, no doubt about that. Yeah, uh, my wife is a, vet, is a big fan of several critters and of rodentia family. So, yeah, rats? Uh, not necessarily rats. Mostly like squirrels, chipmunks. Uh, you know, rock chucks. It's funny because mice else. and rats that mm -hmm. kind of fit in the same family in a way. Mm -hmm. Most people don't, well, I shouldn't say most, but a lot of people don't like them. And you know, But I think there's a big difference between a pet rat and a pet mouse and mm -hmm. the kind that's scavenging through your garbage. Very true. I uh, When I was about your son's age, who's now surpassed me, uh, well, actually, I was probably five years older than him, and this is you know how far this is how much further ahead your son is than I'll ever be. Uh, I had a roommate that had a rat, a pet rat, and uh, his name was Touche. Your roommate uh, or the rat? The rat. Okay. Yeah, roommate uh, named the, this pet rat Touche, and boy, that thing was it was kind of cute, long uh, hairless tail, but kind of a cute little thing, really clean, surprisingly really? clean. Yeah. I've never had a need to have a rat or a snake or anything like that. I, you know, pretty much dogs. Yeah. I figure. You're very much dog people. Yeah, but not even really a lot of dogs. Just a littler dog, you yeah. know. Mm -hmm. So we have a pug currently, as you know, yeah, and she actually adorable. quite likes you. I like her. And she don't like a lot of people, but she likes I you. I know. I, and I, I, I don't hold that against her because usually, you know, uh, you know, uh, I don't think she's a poor judge of character. I think that she just had poor eyesight. That could be it. Yeah. That could be it. But you must shower, too, because she seems to like the smell of you. True. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> she likes my musk. So how's the week been for you during this warm summertime? Yeah, I mean, we've been about 100 degrees the last little while. Yeah. it's uh, The dog days of summer are here, and um, we've had some, some kind of crazy weather, a lot of wind and stuff been out working in the yard in the garden this week yeah the wind's been crazy i would say over the past two years here yeah. i mean how many big wind storms we've had that have taken down i can't believe there's still tree limbs left yeah. to fall exactly um here in the state of utah uh recently had another tornado really I'm starting to get to see those a little bit more frequently this one was down in grantsville which is kind of uh, west of Salt Lake City, mm -hmm. the Twill area. Yeah, there was a F2 tornado. Wow. Yeah. Seems like, you know, there was that big one that hit the Delta Center down and went right through the middle of Salt Lake City and did I damage. That. I think it was, what, 99? Or, yeah. Um, that was the first time I'd ever even heard of one being here. Yeah. You know, other than those little dirt tornadoes yeah, you see out in the field. But, yeah. but it seems like since then it's been... 
more and more often. And I don't know if that's because we're inhabiting more area and most of them would just hit the, you know, the rural areas or if it truly is some kind of climate change type of phenomenon mm-hmm. that's hitting. Maybe it's the Great Salt Lake drying up. Could be. Mm-hmm. I, I myself don't have a problem with it drying up. Mm-hmm. But I know the issues with it drying up. Yeah, ecologically, it's, it spells disaster for humankind, but we've met humankind. So. See, see, I don't think it spells disaster. Okay. Um, localized uh, inconvenience? I think localized change. Mm-hmm. I don't know about any... I think it would just be a big change. And changes are... I mean, at one point in time, the Great Salt Lake was four times that size. That's right. And last weekend, when we drove up to Pocatello, we stopped at... Red Rock Pass. Old Lake Bonneville. That's right. That's where Lake Bonneville drained drained into the Columbia River Mm -hmm. Basin. Yeah. Or so they say. I mean, it's not like somebody was here with their cell phone and caught it, but that's that's what the smart scientists say until they have better data to it. And I was really surprised to learn that, like, to go up there and look at the, like, the landscape of that area, Mm -hmm. it kind of funnels down to this spot, and then you see that the the mountain may have been eroded away. I'm not sure exactly how it all worked, but um, it seems that at some point it, the lake had to have busted through there and then drain, but it seems like it'd have to drain a lot. And so I wonder what caused it to drain. Well, and here's the thing. Mm-hmm. Do we even know that's really true? No. You well, know, we, I mean... We've got some evidence, like the Bonville shoreline trails and stuff where you can see different levels where like Bonneville yeah so it makes me wonder if it never did break through if it just dried up just dried up you know who knows maybe that's exactly what's going on we're left with Bear Lake and Great Salt Lake and you know some of the lakes that are left around here I mean it may never have spilled out I you know sometimes you know I trust science 100% but science is only factual until it's proven unfactual to be factually different did Mm -hmm. that make any sense yeah I mean, science, if you're going to look at science as a religion, at least it's a religion that changes its uh, its direction when it's proven wrong. Okay, so let's talk about that. Are you saying religions don't change their direction? Because I'll tell you if there's one thing, that's, one thing that's specific, <laughs> especially for the religion that's predominant around here, the Mormon church, um, they certainly change their mind a lot. Yeah. But, of course, it's not them. It's God. Mm-hmm. God is a very indecisive God. Yeah, and yet it's always indecisive about some weird things. Well, have you noticed it's always indecisive about social issues, too? Yeah, and, well, and usually petty social issues. Yeah, and, and see, I would think any God you believe in or don't believe in or whatever it is you think, right? Mm-hmm. I would think that God would at very least have the foresight to to avoid the social issues. Yeah. Just my thought. Well, that makes sense. But then again, you would expect that the God of the of all creation has a little bit more important, more fundamental things on his mind than, uh, you know... Than to worry about transgenders or... Yeah, or whatever's the current social topic. Yeah, and that's what yeah. I mean, you know. I mean, it kind of goes back to that uh, blacks holding the priesthood. It, and that the... was, I was just going to say that. So, you know, going back, according to Brigham Young, God really did not like people of color, and yet, um, the way the where the church stands now, it's very 
in favor of people in co- in co- people of color to an extent. As long as they're not gay or in a position of real power. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, I mean, we're 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 not as racist as we used to be. Yeah, but we're still <laughs> racist. Yeah, I mean, let's not get ourselves. They haven't moved that far. Forward. And it blows me away that God Himself did not change His mind on colored people until the late seventies. Yeah, nineteen seventy-eight. I mean, He was really indecisive until then. Mm-hmm. Yeah, in fact. For a long time, he was he really dug in his heels, and he was dragged kicking and screaming into the 21st century. Well, that's because most people agreed with him. Yeah. But once people start disagreeing, that's when God has to rethink things. Yeah, then it becomes a little different. Yeah. It's, you know, and I don't want to stay on this subject too long, but the one thing I would actually respect more about the Mormon church mm-hmm. is if they stuck to their guns. Absolutely. Not that I agree with them. Because I don't agree with much about it. Yeah, you don't have to agree with them. But if God says he doesn't like black people, then say that God doesn't like black people and leave it at that. God doesn't like gays. He can't change his mind. Yeah. In fact, if you look at the virtues and all the, you know, the practicings of the church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. I mean, yeah, gay does not fit in. No, it doesn't. It doesn't. And so... Not that I agree with him, because let's be clear, I disagree mm-hmm. completely. I don't have a problem with people that are gay, mm-hmm. but I would they would seem much more um, true and realistic, I guess is the way to put yeah. it, if they stuck to their guns and said, this is what yeah. we believe. Because when you start folding the social mm-hmm. issues, that, that shows me you're a church mm-hmm. created by people and ran by people, not yeah. God. Exactly. And, you know, on the, the subject of uh, the LGBTQ community, the, the church really has no place for them. And, you know, they don't really make, they don't really mince words about it. They're like, well, if, if you're going to belong to with this group, you have to abide by our teachings, which means you can't be your authentic self. Yeah, but they're allowing them to be to a certain extent now, more than they did in the past. And I'm willing to bet within 10, 20 years, they will be fully accepted in some way or another. (laughs) They're going to have to be if the church is to survive. (laughs) Well, but that's the problem, right? Yeah. Um, I would rather see them cast them out and say, this is what we believe, you know, than to fold. Because when you fold, that's just saying that... Who's running this place? You know, yeah. I mean, is it are we up for debate on, you know, social influence, or are we speaking to the world for, for on behalf of a higher being? Well, yeah, because if if you are, you know, the church of a higher being, like mm-hmm. you're saying, the one and only true, right? Yeah. Like every church believes, yeah, then social influence. It doesn't matter if it's the year 2020 or the year 4040. It should have nothing. Mm -hmm. You you know, there should be no folding to social influence whatsoever. And and you see that a lot. And to me, that's a, you know, really a recruitment tactic. Mm -hmm. And I I get it because you want to build your church, you know. Mm -hmm. But my opinion of church is churches have nothing to do with faith and have Mm -hmm. nothing to do with you know, your passion for a higher being or, or whatever it may be, or mm-hmm. your relationship with whatever higher being you may believe in. Or yeah. I think you can even believe in a higher being without knowing what it is. Sure. I Why mean, not? 
because nobody's been able to prove it yet. Exactly. And, and they, the ones that the ones that say they died and come back, they're in straight jackets now. So mm-hmm. the closest we've got is um, the James Webb Telescope just got activated this last week. Yeah. And it has revealed so much more to us about the universe that, that we live in than we knew before. Can you believe, and I, I don't even, you know, I don't understand it fully, but that one image they they sent out, didn't they say it's from like 5 billion years ago? Yeah. Something like that. Yeah. Because that light is, it's far enough away mm-hmm. and they can do the math to, you know, it would... It's from as close to the other side of the universe as we've ever observed. Which isn't even close to the end of the universe. Exactly. But they're saying it's from 5 billion years ago. All those stars and galaxies we're seeing the light from are probably dead now. Mm -hmm. They're probably gone. Yeah. You know, so, I mean, that kind of blows my mind. I don't even know what to think of it. Mm -hmm. I don't. About light that's being emitted. Well, and also this is uh, including another layer of uh, infrared light, which is uh, the light spectrum where radiation is. So, I mean, this is a a telescope that can observe so much more than the Hubble could. And the Hubble was groundbreaking when it was. Yeah, the Hubble. That's what makes me wonder how far in our lifetimes we will be able to see and what we'll be able to see. You know, Mm -hmm. I mean... Now that we've seen this far, if we're able to see 10 billion years mm-hmm. in the past, is it going to look any different? You know, I mean, at what point do we see? I mean, it's groundbreaking to look at this. It really is. But I'll be honest with you. It doesn't look any different to me than some of the images we've seen from the Hubble and things like that. You know, it looks like a bunch of galaxies yeah, mm-hmm. and stars and planets or whatever the hell it is. But do you think there's going to be something that's actually groundbreaking? You know, I mean, if, if we can look 5 billion years into the past, how come we can't scan in on one of the nearest planets mm-hmm. and see if there's life on it or water on it or, or something? You, you know what I'm getting? Knows? I mean, maybe we'll, maybe we'll get there one of these days. Cause I mean, as far as our own solar system, we're aware that there's water on other planets. Yeah. But as far as life goes, we're not we, we're not quite uh, sure yet. I mean, but I mean, I think we're we're pretty sure as far as any kind of intelligent life. Yeah. There's nothing in the solar system. Yeah, if there is uh, life within our solar system, it's probably um, in some sort of plant or um, maybe lower uh, bacterial form. Something yeah, like that. ticks. Yeah ticks and probably spiders there's probably a whole planet planet full of spiders yeah well you just ruined space for my wife damn it Mm -hmm. well i saw a joke on instagram man maybe i better not tell it yeah (laughs) yeah i I can't remember the guy compared his wife to the eight planets or the seven planets and she says eight and he says no because I'm going to wreck Uranus tonight. <laughs> <laughs> Something along that line, but. Nice. <laughs> like, wow. That reminds me of a story. I just watched Beavis and Butthead do the universe this week. Is that the new one? It is. And you know what? Mike Judge still has it. <laughs> I watched, I seen Mike Judge on a podcast and it's funny because every once in a while when he would laugh just talking in the same voice i would hear beavis oh for real yeah because you know he <laughs> he voices them so yeah mm-hmm. um yeah every once in a while when he'd laugh i just kind of hear a little 
kind of it kind of made me grin, you know. You know, being a butthead, those guys. It's the same story, no matter how many times he tells it, and yet it's still funny. To so, where do you? What is that on right now? Um, Discovery, no, Paramount Plus. Oh, I don't have Paramount Plus. I know I'm a jerk. I shouldn't give it to you. My wife wants to get it because one of her favorite shows is CSI. Mm-hmm. Not CSI. What am I? Oh, uh, Criminal Minds. Criminal Minds, yeah. yeah, and it's coming back out. Mm-hmm. I don't know if it has the same people and all that shit on it, yeah. but she loved that show. That show is pretty dang good. Yeah, it was kind of like the CSI and all those shows mixed in, but it was probably the most graphic that it could be on, yeah. you know, on true primetime crime. television yeah. on true crime. Yeah, it got pretty mm-hmm. pretty crazy. Yeah, but that's what was so compelling. About yeah, it. I, I enjoyed it, just not quite as much as her, but we'll probably, mm-hmm. once the season comes out and it's over, I'll probably get her Paramount Plus for a month or two so she can binge watch it. And yeah binge watch anything else we need to catch up on you know because yeah the new beavis and butthead is doesn't it show them aged as well yeah (laughs) it it shows a was uh, it a series or a movie it's a movie so this this one's kind of like beavis and butthead doing uh do america well because when mike judge was talking he said they're doing like 80 new episodes oh really yeah and that's on paramount plus too holy crap i didn't realize now these episodes when they're 80, they're, they're two episodes mm-hmm. in a half an hour, so two 15-minute episodes. So it'll be 40 half-an-hour episodes, you know. But it'll yeah. be interesting because... So 20 hours, you can binge through that on uh, Saturday. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I didn't, do I didn't do that very good. Let's hear you know, your impression. Uh, my Beavis impression? Yeah. <laughs> Fire! <laughs> And, oh, and Cornholio definitely. Yeah, Cornholio. He comes back and um, <laughs> uh, he, he he makes a wonderful comeback. I'll tell you that. <laughs> oh shit! I'm gonna have to get I'm gonna have to get uh, Paramount Plus. Apparently, yeah, I guess so. Damn it! Yeah. Is there anything else good to watch on there? Um, let's see. There was there been a couple of things that we watched on there, but uh, is there anything about the Tartarian mud flood? No, but that seems to be one of our most popular episodes still. Very popular. We've had yeah. a lot of downloads on that one, a ton. Yeah. So if you're listening to the Tartarian mud flood, please send us an email and tell us what is so dang fascinating about this conspiracy. Because we pretty much shit on the thing. Shamelessly so. Yes. Unapologetically so. But we're interested (laughs) in learning more about this bullshit. Yeah, I mean, if if you buy into this theory, please help us understand why you buy into it. (laughs) Because we're, uh, we do want to revisit. (laughs) (laughs) That that was a good one. (laughs) I can do a much better button than I can (laughs) because... Oh, oh shit yeah that's that's funny i i i don't know you know it's amazing nowadays you know you go back to our childhoods and, and you had channel two four and five you know yeah. and i mean obviously cable come in big when we were mm-hmm. you know young teenagers probably yeah. and and there was a lot of stations, but there was not the programming there is on now. I mean, cable added what another thirty channels. 
Yeah, and a lot of them, you know, you didn't have a lot of series and no, things on. Yeah, you know, most shopping networks you had MTV, TBS, TNT, and most of them didn't have series at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, they were they were playing. You know, MTV actually back in those days played music, mm-hmm. kind of strange, but yeah. you know, music television playing music, and you know, most most of your series were on channel two, four, and five on mm-hmm. prime time. You know. Yeah. And then you had movies come out. Now, I mean, you've got Netflix and Hulu and Apple and Showtime and thousand, HBO. Yeah, there's a thousand different streaming apps out there. Yeah, it just blows me away how many things. Now they got Paramount Plus and Disney Plus and obviously Amazon Prime Video and uh, Peacock. Yeah. And it's, it's like, you know, if you're going to have them all, you, you're... 200 bucks a month in yeah, fees, you so know? You can bankrupt yourself in a hurry. And you still don't have TV. Right yeah, and there's still nothing to watch. <laughs> yeah, so somebody, it's almost like we need to develop an app that just brings all these together and we'll just call it TV. Yeah, it filters out all the garbage. Because <laughs> let me tell you, that's the, the rough thing is you sit there scrolling through all the different streaming services at night. Just looking for something to watch while you're eating dinner or whatever. Well, yeah, and and the thing is, is I've got on my list probably fifty different series I want to mm-hmm. watch, and yeah. I, I'm trying really hard not to watch things that are brand new, because mm-hmm. leave them fair. out for a while, see if they're going to last, and then when they get three or four or five seasons, and I'll go back and binge them mm-hmm. in a yeah. snowy weekend, you know. But we'll we'll find a show. How huh? let's just check it out, and we like it, and then you're back to watching an episode every week. And that really, you know, Netflix really spoiled us on that. They did. Because they were the pioneers. They were. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I was signed up for Netflix when we were still getting the DVDs in the mail. In fact, I've still got one of them. Right. I never returned. <laughs> but they did send me a letter saying it was okay. Um, you know, because I was on the service that, mm-hmm. um, what, you could have yeah. two or three at a mm-hmm. time. There was different yeah. services. And I... I, I think I only did one at a time mm-hmm. and I had the one and they finally sent out an email and said, if you have any DVDs at home, just keep them. We don't want them back. And it's some <laughs> Liam Neeson film or something. It's, it's not a very good one, but no, but I'm sure he has a very particular set of skills. He does have a particular set of that skills. Is the new Liam Neeson and boy, do we love him for it. Well, I think it's really the only Liam Neeson you've, you've yeah. got, you've mm-hmm. got Schindler's list. Yeah. And then you've got the particular set of skills. Yeah. That's pretty much Liam Neeson. Exactly. I, mean, I don't know what else. Because, I mean, going back to Rob Roy, I mean, he did a decent job in Rob Roy, but he didn't have that particular set of skills other than he could hold a, let's see, he could hold a sword tip in his hand and slash the guy in half his off. I mean, he's, he's absolutely... He's got to be amazed with himself if you think about it, because mm-hmm. he's made the same movie mm-hmm. probably ninety-five times. Yeah, and they keep releasing them. I mean, most of them are going straight to you know a Netflix yeah. movie or an mm-hmm. Amazon movie or whatever. But he just keeps making them, and mm-hmm. he is the same guy in every movie. Yeah, I think we've talked about this before, but, but yeah, we definitely have. He, uh, one of my favorite uh, ones where he was it was before he gained his particular set of skills, but it was Kinsey. This portrayal of the historical character uh, who, who wrote the Kinsey report on sex uh, or human sexuality, and he portrayed 
Alfred Kinsey, and boy, he did a good job on that. I haven't seen that one. I have seen Masters of Sex that mm-hmm. was on Showtime, however, the series. Yeah. Which was very groundbreaking about this, you know, sexual... Yeah, it, basically the study into sexual health in the '60s and stuff. It it's pretty interesting. Have you seen it? No, but it seems like this is a, uh, kind of the same thing. Where that's about the same time frame that uh, Kinsey. Well, I guess Kinsey was more like the '50s, maybe even going back to the '40s. Well, I don't. I mean, I could look real quick and see. Yeah. Masters of Sex is definitely a series worth watching. The 60s, I'm, yeah. Um, there's. Do you hear the dog? I do. That is the pug. That is our sweet little Ellie. Yeah, and she's not so sweet all the time, you know. No, but bless her little heart, she's uh, got arthritis real bad, and she's just, you know, she's getting older, poor thing. Yeah, she's certainly getting older, but, you know. Yeah, she just needs some love, that's all. Yep. So it was set in the 50s through the late 60s, so it it covers quite some time. and, And there is one thing, let's see four seasons there is one thing that's plentiful mm-hmm. in that series and that would be boobies oh they, they show boobies yeah there's a lot of boobies I in that holes I, I mean i think you get the butt mm-hmm. casing okay which you never see actually oh, they don't spread the cheeks so that no. you can really get in there deep. no okay. they save that for the porn yeah, pornos, you know, and Showtime, yeah. you know, is borderline porno sometimes, but it's it's certainly no Cinemax. No, Cinemax. Uh, there was one one reason and one reason only for Cinemax to be on there. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. Yeah, I, think, I always loved uh, when the free trial would come on. <laughs> yeah, I think we're ready to go and uh, get a word from a sponsor and uh, pay some bills. Let's do it. We'll be back in a moment. Yeah. If you haven't heard about Anchor. It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. There are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more platforms. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download this free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. You would not know it to uh, come back from that commercial break, but Justin has been all over his house and back again. He's played um, Happy Birthday on his first electric guitar, played other songs on his first acoustic guitar, and showed me about a half a dozen cars. And they were both out of tune, both guitars. Yeah, both guitars were out of and, tune. And I was out of tune, so... I don't know, they still sounded good. They didn't sound bad, but yeah. I need to show... During our next commercial break, I'm actually going to show you some of my guitars. Okay. Not that you're interested in seeing them. I like guitars. But I will show them to you. Mm -hmm. Because I've got way too many. And if I'm going to get any joy out of them, it would at very least be showing them to someone. Okay. Well, I'm certainly someone that's going to enjoy seeing them. Well, my wife certainly is not impressed with them. You know, uh, my wife was uh, asking me, she's like, so how come Justin hates meatloaf? And we talked about this earlier off of the air, but um, since my wife listens and I uh, don't necessarily uh, get the opportunity to give her up-to-date information or good answers right away. We're going to do it here. I'm going to do it right here. So you're here. saying it's you can communicate with your wife better, better on your podcast <laughs> yeah. than you can face-to-face. I'm, I am very ashamed to admit that. 
guess. Well, either way, well, first, when you said it, when you when you got here and asked me, you know, told me that your wife was yeah. kind of astounded that I hated meatloaf, mm-hmm. I assumed you were talking about the dish, you know, the, mm-hmm. the, the supper. Yeah, the, the supper made of ground beef with eggs and breadcrumbs mixed in. And and some people put oatmeal in it, and I find that offensive. I have never heard of oatmeal. Um, we... My wife doesn't eat beef, so we've made turkey ground turkey meatloaf a oh, few times, I'll and that's good. It's it's pretty good. It's it, it, good turkey with stuffing. It's a little dry, but really the only thing I put in it is I you know obviously ground uh, turkey, yeah. some salt and pepper, a little onion powder, whatever. I put a couple big tablespoons of salsa in it, oh. and then I just take some zesta or saltine crackers or whatever and crack them all up and mix mm-hmm. them in them and then just make the balls and mm-hmm. and sometimes we'll even take string cheese mm-hmm. and make um sorry we make a loaf you know okay. meatloaf but sometimes we make the balls and we'll mm-hmm. take a string cheese and quarter them up and mm-hmm. stuff the meatloaf oh. with string cheese in the middle well that sounds delightful that's pretty good so we make stuffed meatballs quite a bit too with yeah. just stovetop stuffing in the middle of mm-hmm. them which are pretty good but anyways got way off on a tangent so justin does like meatloaf but as as far as the singer goes uh meatloaf the singer uh there's a couple songs i don't mind um i do own the bat out of hell album Mm -hmm. Um, i don't get it out that often (laughs) and But, you know, it's not like when Meatloaf comes on the radio, I automatically turn it. I don't mind Meatloaf. Yeah, it's just not one of your your top bands. Definitely not my top. I I don't go out and buy his music, and I have heard quite a bit bit of it. It's just not my jam, really, you know? Yeah, I I guess what I really like about Meatloaf is his, um, he seems very random. Like, a lot of the wording to his songs, like, you know, uh, one of his songs is, uh, objects in the rearview mirror may appear closer than they are, which is just backwards from what the actual saying on the mirror is. Yeah. Yeah. But when you listen to the song, that's exactly what he's talking about is that, you know, when you look back, uh, a lot of memories strike harder than they really are. You know, they feel more like, so why the hell didn't he just say that? Well, it does in just so many words. Oh, well, see, I don't like playing the deciphering game. Mm-hmm. And he really does look like a meatloaf. Yeah. I mean. Yeah, well, the guy was a big, chunky football player. So well, yeah. not, but yeah, in his in his mm-hmm. real popular early years, yeah. yes. I mean, when he started doing a lot of acting, I think we talked about that one of our last yeah. podcasts mm-hmm. when he was in, was it Black Dog with yeah, Patrick Swayze? Um, he played an excellent southern preacher style there yeah and he was the bad guy he was, he was the and guy. and he did i think his acting is done really well and he looks more like a normal guy you know yeah. he doesn't look like the meatloaf but to give you a little i'm not going to name any names but there was a kid i went to school with uh mainly through middle school and things and rode the bus with and i didn't care for him much mm-hmm. and he looked identical to what meatloaf looked like in the late oh. 70s well, and for some reason, every time I see Meatloaf or an old, you know, picture of him or whatever, like spe- especially during the bat out of hell period, that he reminds <laughs> me of this kid I was kind of friends with, but not really friends with because it is. And so it just always, mm-hmm. I don't know, it brings back a memory there too. So fair enough. But I, I never cared for much of his music, but I didn't dislike it either. Does that make sense? Sure. Yeah. But when I when I find music I like, I 
delve deep, deep into it. I'm you take a, your music very seriously. Yeah, and I'm very much a completist. Yeah. So, you know, I'm one of those poor slobs at any time, you know, the Beatles or the Doors come out with an anniversary edition, I have to buy it, you know, because I've got to have it. And, yeah. and I know I shouldn't because I don't need it, but I, you know, this whole cabinet right here to the side is full of box sets and certain editions and things like that and you i'm did just show me that you've got a lot of boxes you got some really cool boxes yeah too. i mean i've got a couple doors box sets that were like one out of a hundred yeah you know a couple special editions and stuff that i got right on and bought and you got dvd sets of madman and breaking bad I yeah mean... the madman's a really cool box yes, set because it, it comes with a <laughs> comes with coasters mm -hmm. and a couple rocks glasses you know yeah. that have your whiskey in of course mm -hmm. You're old-fashioned. Exactly. Don Draper being, I wouldn't say he's not a hero of mine because I didn't, you know, find herodom. Is herodom? Herodom? Yeah. Is that a word? Um, let's see. Heroism? Well, either way, I can put it this way. Okay. I didn't consider him a hero, but I loved him as far as the acting job, you know, John Hamm okay. did, did in that. Uh, mm -hmm. You know, I just wish they'd go back and remake some yeah. of it. But fair enough to say you admire the character. I I more admire the time. Yeah. You know, the '60s. You know, like we've talked many a time, the cars, the music, the the moods. Uh, you know, I certainly didn't like the fact that you know women and and mm -hmm. you know colored people and things of any color. Yeah. You know, with the exception of whites. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't like the word colored people because everyone's colored. Yeah. Aren't they? I, I mean, think we, I think we talked about this uh, last week's episode too. I mean, when you say colored people, yeah, couldn't that be anyone? Well, we come in so many different shades of uh, white, and um, I think yeah, we were talking about how I'm weird. I'm a weird white color last week. Hmm. Well, anyways, you know, I, during those times, you know, that's that's the thing I struggle with because I'm a very, I would say, progressive person as far as you know. I'm <laughs> for gay rights i'm yeah. for you know i don't have a problem with gay marriage i'm i'm a fully fully believe in love mm -hmm. is love you know yeah. i fully believe in you know there are no colors i don't mm -hmm. see colors races you know there's shitty yeah. people and there's good people and mm -hmm. they come in every shape and size you could possibly think mm -hmm. um if anything i've met a lot shittier white males than anything but that's yeah. We, we do need to find this uh, this clip from Beavis and Butthead to the universe where Beavis and Butthead go to a college campus and they walk into a class about social uh, something or other, social study class where they discuss white privilege and Beavis and Butthead really get the wrong idea about what what it means to have white I'm, privilege. I'm going to have to. I'm going to have to get Paramount Plus fairly yes, quick, are. apparently. This is it's getting too good. So, yeah, but I'm just, you know, I love those times and things like that, but I also recognize that it wasn't great, that great of times for certain no. people. But, it, you know, for me, it's, you know, a lot of what, you know, the 50s and the 60s especially bring to me is the pride people had in... Mm -hmm. their own country you know yeah. everything was manufactured we we led the world you know after world war ii yeah. we were the power mm -hmm. you know we made everything we built everything you know all the innovations were here yeah. you know all the big colleges were here i mean 
and and now we're so far behind on all that stuff. It's almost embarrassing because how much is made here? Very little. Very little. And it's a it's a far cry from where we were in the sixties when uh, John F. Kennedy said, "Hey, we're going to go to the moon, not because it's easy, but because it's hard. We're going to set goals that really push ourselves where we can." do the impossible well and that kind of brings us to our topic tonight because um july 20th i believe 1969 is when man first set foot on the moon as far as we know yeah i mean we haven't had that proven otherwise yet maybe somebody landed on the dark side of the moon that we never get to see but, uh, yeah, who who knows? But I mean, that was in 1961 when John F. Kennedy said, you know, mm-hmm. basically eight years previous to it. And yeah. I think people got to realize when that was said, we were a long ways from being on the moon. Boy, we sure were. I mean, it, yeah. it, it was a challenge because at the time the Russians were mm-hmm. far, far ahead of us in, mm-hmm. you know, any kind of space travel. They had launched Sputnik. Mm-hmm. They got the first satellite up there orbiting the Earth. You know, they had sent the first dog into space, sent the first man into space. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they had sent the first man at that time, but I know that they were very close to getting there if they hadn't yet. So, yeah, and President Kennedy said that in May of 61 in front of Congress that, yeah. you know, we're going to do this because it's not easy, because it's hard, mm-hmm. you know. But I think it was a very important thing because – to me that kind of sums up what I love about the sixties. I think is that everything was within reach, even when it seemed out of reach, you know what I mean? And everything was new and everything was evolving and, and people to a certain point, people of different races and religions and things were in a lot of ways for most of the sixties until you get to the end of the sixties, but for most of the sixties were coming together and you know, that, there was a lot of people being mistreated still, but there were also a lot of protests against that and and people coming together to say, Hey, it's our time to have our rights, you know? And it, it seemed like it just, everything was a possibility. The cars, the music, the, the the freedom people were expressing and it just, and the sky was no longer the limit. Yeah, exactly. A whole galaxy, a whole universe beyond that. Who knew how far we could go? Um, there's another great movie uh, called Hidden Figures. Have you seen this one? I have, yeah. yeah. Excellent movie about the uh, um, the black uh, ladies who were um, computers during the NASA thing when they were in the middle of the space race. Yeah, it's funny you call a, a human a computer, but they were computers. That was the, the job title. Yeah, they did computing. Mm-hmm. They in fact, were... in, the, in this movie, they get their first, I think, IBM computer from mm-hmm. NASA, and it's one of these ladies that figures out how to program it. Yeah. So, I mean, it was a great movie. It's been a long time since I've seen it, but I do recall it. It was pretty good. Yeah. Pretty good film. Really, really good movie. So, anybody out there uh, interested in and that really um, took the, the space race to include everybody. You know, that, that made it so it wasn't out of reach for, you know, even these uh, women of color that they were able to advance their careers at the same time. Well, the thing, you know, the thing kind of getting back to when Kennedy said, this is what we're going to do, you know, obviously he wasn't around to see it, but you know, the United States took that as an actual serious challenge and looked forward to it. You know, Mm -hmm. I'm afraid today now, if 
if something like that was said, hey, we're going to do this, or, oh, God, we can't do that, you know, we're going to do, that's bullshit, yeah. you know, that, that Democrat said that, or that Republican said that, so, exactly. you know, to me, it was a thing that, hey, we're going to do this, and I think everybody said, yeah, we are, we're going to beat the Soviets at this, Yeah, you know, we want to be, you know, for all the flaws and things were happening, we wanted to be the greatest nation. And now I feel like we want to be the whiniest nation in a lot of ways and the most bickering. In the last decade, I've heard a lot of talk about excursions to Mars. Yeah. And that's especially the last few years, obviously with Elon Musk. Yeah. That seems to really be the next step uh, in the space race. Yeah. But you're, you're hearing a lot, even the people that want to go there, you're hearing a lot of the rhetoric. Why waste our money and time on that? We have issues to fix here. Yeah. And and not that I disagree with that because we obviously have issues to they're, fix here. They're right. Yeah. But, you know, and I guess that brings in, are we allocating the money and, and things to the, to the wrong things? And maybe we are, but the, the, the difference now is you're not, necessarily looking at nasa going to these places Mm -hmm. you may be looking at nasa astronauts but these are private companies that are probably going to take them there Mm -hmm. and that that's the big difference where before you know with going to the moon um in 1969 like we did this was a united states government thing you know Mm -hmm. this was a nasa thing and and there was a lot of tragedies that had to happen before it Mm -hmm. before you know it it came to pass but Mm -hmm. The thing that surprises me is when when Kennedy said those words, it was a challenge issued, and people welcomed the challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, everyone in the yeah. United States welcomed the challenge. Yeah, because he, I mean, it, it seemed impossible at yeah. the time they said it. It wasn't just hard; it was impossible. Yeah, it's not like we had had a spacecraft up there nearly <laughs> done it. I mean, no. we were nowhere yeah. near yeah. anything. You know, yeah. we hadn't sent monkeys into space or. No, we were uh, just getting up into the upper stratosphere. We, yeah, yeah, we weren't, we weren't anywhere near going to the moon. And he said, "Yeah, we're going to do it, not because it, you know, not because it's easy, but because it's hard." You yeah, know, we, it, and that's that's the thing we're missing nowadays. Mm-hmm. We don't do the things. It, maybe this seems this way, but it seems like most people do things because they're easy now yeah. and don't tackle anything mm-hmm. because they are hard. You yeah, know, and don't challenge ourselves. And, and I think maybe that's what that. do you think maybe that's why these other nations are, you know, our education system is poor at best, can, you know, compared to other first world nations. That's a, a very uh, legitimate um, idea that, yeah, it could be. I mean, our healthcare system is poor at best yeah. compared to other first world nations. You know, and even with regards to like the war in Ukraine that's still going on, mm-hmm. we keep sending billions and billions of dollars and all kinds of equipment and all kinds of armaments over there. You know, we're obviously involved. Why don't we just, I mean, this is a tiny little Ukraine going up against the big bear mm-hmm. and they're holding their own. Yeah, I mean, I think they're going to be defeated the way it looks. The way it looks, but I mean, if we could you imagine if NATO, I mean, it it doesn't even have to be all of NATO, if the United States, if Germany, if if one of these other countries around them in that area were to jump in, I think that they'd be able to turn the tide. Well, you know, I certainly don't support war in most Mm -hmm. situations, but 
I mean, it's kind of funny. We're not going to get involved at all, but here's all this money. Here's all these weapons. Here's all this <laughs> artillery. We're going to do everything we can to help you without sending troops. Yeah. And it, it's, it's like, okay, we're either involved or we're not. Right. Yeah, exactly. And we're, I mean, I just, I mean, are, are we a little pregnant? Are we kind of pregnant? <laughs> yeah. That's the thing. I mean, yeah, I mean, you look at this from, let's say the Russian side. Okay. The Americans saying they're not getting involved yet. Yeah. They're supplying them with the weapons. They're supplying them with money. They're supplying them with every kind of aid possible. Yeah. I would say they're involved. Exactly. I mean, let's stand behind our values. Do we believe that Russia is right to invade Ukraine? Or do we believe Ukraine's right to resist Russia? Or maybe you look at it this way. Maybe we don't stand behind our values and we stay the hell out completely. That's option three, right? I mean... <laughs> It, to me, there's two options. Yeah. You either get involved or you don't. Yeah. To me, there shouldn't be a third option mm -hmm. because we're saying we're not involved yet. We're fully involved. Yeah. And the thing I'm worried about is it's just going to keep dragging along, dragging along, and then we're going to have to get involved Yeah. because Russia already knows we're involved. And like you said, if, if NATO got involved, we could probably squash this thing pretty quick probably in a week yeah. and take Russia back to its mm -hmm. beginnings, yeah. which it really needs to be done. Sure. I mean, I, or not. Or not. I mean, that's just it. It's like, how, how far are we going to allow Vladimir Putin to push this? Because if we believe he's in the wrong, then we need to stand behind that. Well, that, that's a kind of a hard statement to decipher, though, because there's a lot of governments and dictatorships that are in the wrong, and sure. we know they're in the wrong. So, yeah, so what do we just go yeah. around the whole world policing? That's the thing is, you know, there's a certain point where, you know, everything we've ever got involved before, if you trace it back, it's usually involved in money somehow, mm -hmm. you know, but where do you start and where do you end, you know, because is it our job to police the world? Because it seems like when we do you have serious issues happen like, you know, 9-11 is a good example. Mm -hmm. uh, basically a retaliation for us meddling in things we shouldn't. Yeah. You know, not, not, you know, I'm certainly still condemn the attack and everything like that, but it, yeah, but that's, this has nothing to do with the attack itself. It's so much as the reasoning behind it. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, and I think Americans tend to forget that, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. if you want to do some serious research on world war two and see, you know, everybody looks back, oh, Pearl Harbor was bombed, and that was horrible and horrible, this and that. But guess what? Do you know why it was yeah. bombed? Do you know what kind of blockades we were putting on the Jap Japanese? Do you know what kind of things we were doing to them, you know? Yeah. Um, they didn't just, out of the blue, hey, we're going to strike Pearl Harbor. No, that was a strategic move. Yeah, there, there's reasonings behind things. And then we get involved, even yeah. though it was the same situation. We were involved. Yeah. We just weren't involved, involved militarily, but we were trying to block them on things. Yeah, we were. And so they made a strike. And then every, but history rewrites it is we're sitting there all innocent as can be. And these guys just snuck up and killed us all. And that's not quite like it was, you know, no. <laughs> but, but history tends to rewrite itself, especially in the American. And I'm sure any country you go to that's been involved in something, you know, the history rewrites things a little bit, right? Sure. But so let's get back to the moon landing. Mm -hmm. What, I mean, starting from President Kennedy's address to Congress that, you know, hey, we're going to get to the moon by the end of the 60s, which, mm -hmm. by the way, he was right. Yeah. Or was he? 
I mean, that, yeah. that, that dives oh, that's, into that's the, the thing. We have a conspiracy theory. Yeah. About a dozen of them. <laughs> yeah, but there's, there's a bunch. Um, mm-hmm. This one, the, the conspiracy theory behind the moon landing, I'll say would, this would be the most elaborate and this would be the most involved. If, if, this, if this is a conspiracy, if we never actually landed on the moon, then this is going to require the efforts and the cooperation of thousands of people. Yeah, I think, I think if it was false, or if it was a conspiracy and we never landed on the moon, we just, you know, filmed it somewhere yeah. in the studio, as people say, you know, you've, you've seen the conspiracies about it, sure. the flags not flying correctly. Not flying. And the, the, uh, there's no stars in the night sky. Yeah. Um, you know, there's, there's a lot of, uh, justification behind it. If you zoom in on some of the rocks in the footage, you can see markings, um, or maybe they're not markings, but maybe they're just, you know, the curvature of rocks. And it's, yeah. I mean, it, yeah, you can pick anything apart, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But anyways, going back, um, y- you know, it's amazing to me in those eight years we were able to accomplish what president Kennedy said he wanted us to accomplish. Um, why don't you tell a little story about it? Tell us how we got there. All right. So how we got there, um, was a very concerted effort. There was a lot of people doing a lot of research on uh, everything from propulsion to, um, you know, the way that these astronauts are going to survive in space, how they're going to seal up the against space, just, you know, sucking all the air out. So it had to be a sealed container. There were so many different people involved in this whole thing to create the rocket um, that they strapped to the backside of three gentlemen that, uh, you know, 300 gentlemen down the ground launched into space yeah yeah th- this was a a big concerted effort it took a lot of people and we focused very heavily on um the three that were in that were in the capsule um you know neil armstrong buzz aldrin the first two that walked on the the moon there was a third guy and uh do you remember what his name was i remember it starts it's a michael c the, what was his last hell name? i don't remember his name that's why I said it. Maybe it was Michael Crawford, the guy that, sang, that was a fan of the opera. Should we call him Michael C? Michael C, yeah. It's Michael Collins. Collins, that's the guy. Yeah. The, the guy that had to sit in the spaceship while the other two went and walked <laughs> okay. on the moon. Now, he's got an interesting story in and of itself because he's the guy. No, he doesn't get to. He gets all the way to the dang moon and doesn't get to go down while Buzz and. Um, Neil go down into the lunar lander and get to you know walk around on the surface of the moon and he's just like oh and he's, I couldn't even remember his name everybody knows the names of Buzz Aldrin and Neil Armstrong mm-hmm. who knows Michael Collins well we didn't and we're doing I a could, podcast yeah, about exactly. it exactly and I just you know barely been doing this whole thing so well you know so in 1966 five years after Kennedy's address to Congress is when NASA sent the first unmanned Apollo mission to test, you know, to test the structural integrity of the, you know, launch vehicle mm-hmm. and the spacecraft combination, you yeah, know, I wanted to see how it would handle in space. And it did well. Yeah, it really did. Um, 
I was, you know, when I was reading about it, um, it was in January 67 when Kennedy Space Center, Cape Canaveral, which I've been there, a very interesting place. Mm -hmm. I don't know if you've been there, but it's it's yeah. really cool mm -hmm. to go see. Go see the launch pads and everything yeah. that they took off of. And they have a reconstruction of the control center there. They have a reconstruction of the control center that was in Houston. Mm -hmm. So it, it's it's built all the original instrumentation, built exactly to scale and everything, and it's really neat. Yeah. But anyways, um, they had um, a fire there that killed some people. Yeah. So um, it was on. I was reading about uh, it. The test of the Apollo spacecraft yeah. on the Saturn rocket. Yeah, that's Saturn. Rocket. Yeah, yeah. Um, the door uh, wouldn't come open. Yeah, exactly. So they, otherwise, they could have gotten out and escaped. But uh, because that door malfunctioned. They were uh, trapped in, in yeah. the inferno and they killed all three astronauts. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's too bad. But I mean, with, you know, great advance comes great risk. Mm -hmm. I mean, like, I think yeah. you put it really well. You know, we're, stra we're strapping a rocket to the back of these three <laughs> men and sending them somewhere yeah. we don't know if they're really going to come back from. And I can't remember. I think it might have been Buzz Aldrin that had the famous quote where he said that. Uh, the only thing he could think of during that countdown was that he's strapped to this huge rocket and every component was uh, contributed by the cheapest bidder. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's a good way to put yeah. it. So, you know, after the tragedy and the three astronauts are killed, uh, October of 68, Apollo seven mm -hmm. was the first manned flight yeah. that was able to go into low orbit of the earth. Yeah. So we've uh, we've got some really cool catchphrases that have come out of this. I mean, there there's been several different um, periods of uh, space exploration. With the these are the Apollo missions. Mm -hmm. a, a lot of uh, the a lot of the Apollo missions are focused around the moon. Then there's uh, Gemini missions. I can't remember what they're focused on. And then uh, let's see, there was the ones with the Challenger. Is it called the Challenger? No, what, what, what were they called? No, there's the shuttle missions. Yeah, the shuttle missions. That's right. Yeah, mm -hmm. and those ones—they're more about like building the uh, the International Space yeah. Station, doing spacewalks. Well, I mean, you know, that's the funny thing about it. I was reading. You know, we have landed on the moon six times. Mm -hmm. The last time we landed on the moon was fifty years ago. Yeah, I mean. 72. That's crazy. You're <laughs> thinking 1961, President Kennedy puts his challenge forth. We're able to land on the moon in 1969. So in three years, we land six times and we haven't been back. Yeah. And, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, like, like we said earlier, our priorities shouldn't be on, you know, going to the moon. What are we going to gain from there? You know, why don't we spend our time and money and effort here? Um, what What's your retort to that, essentially? Well, uh, where do you think we got Tang from? And th th this might be a little stupid, but... Are you um, saying we, we found Tang on the moon? We found Tang on the moon. Really? And if it wasn't for us going to the moon, we never would have mined all that Tang. And we'd have to probably do uh, just orange juice for breakfast drinks. We'll be honest with you. I'm not a big fan of Tang, so you're not winning me over. No, but I'm not winning but, you over. So let me let's take. But a I do break. like orange juice. Okay, 
Uh, well, this is an orange flavored drink, but we'll, we'll go uh, to a brief commercial and I'll come back with a better solution. You better. Hey, listener, this is Ty from About What Podcast. If you've been listening to us, you know that Justin is a huge car enthusiast. Maybe you yourself are a huge car enthusiast. Maybe you've just purchased yourself a brand new Trans Am that you want to get all fixed up. Or maybe you've got yourself an old Chevelle, uh, maybe an old Chevy pickup that needs to restoration. Whatever it is that you've got, why don't you head over to joltparts.com. That's Justin's website. See what uh, parts he's got for your restoration, modification, customization. He's into all kinds of stuff. And if you are a listener to this podcast, and I'm assuming you are if you're hearing this, um, you get an offer of 10% off any purchase of $100 or more at checkout. Just use the promo code about what. That's all one, uh, lowercase letters, about what. And Justin will give you 10% off your first order of uh, parts from joltparts.com. So turn your clunker into a classic and uh, fix up your brand new Trans Am um, GM, uh, Pontiac, Mopar, Chrysler, uh, whatever it is you got. Go take a look. Okay, so now I need to come I I don't have a better um, example than Tang, but let me explain Tang. Okay, so let's hear it. to going to the moon, we have made several discoveries along the way that have directly benefited um, us here in, on this earth. Uh, another one is the ballpoint pen, um, whereas the Russians just send a pencil. The uh, you know United States decided well, we need to have a, a pen that can write in space. So they came up with the ballpoint pen. So NASA invented the ballpoint pen. Yeah. You're for, positive. For, for space travel. No, not at all. Oh, but you're pretty sure. <laughs> but there is a space pen that they developed just for that purpose, and they spent a ton of money on Yeah, I can imagine. So, so what's the story behind the Tang? The Tang was that uh, they needed something to get, uh, like, nutrition or certain nutrients and electrolytes into astronauts' bodies, along with vitamin C, to keep them healthy while they were in space travel. So Tang was easily, it was lightweight, easy to mix with their water that they had up there. And, yeah. Really? Mm-hmm. Hmm. So, you drink Tang? Sure. Still? Uh, infrequently. Hmm. Not, not a, I'm definitely not on a regular basis. But. I don't think I've had Tang in, well, I couldn't even say. <laughs> it's been years, I'm Not sure. in my adult life. Yeah. but it, I'm going to buy some, though. Okay. Well, in the in retrospect, this is like the purpose that I see in going to the moon. It's not so much for what we would gain directly from going to the moon. It's the things that we acquire along the way. Yeah, but they're all on accident, essentially. Yeah, exactly. I mean, and maybe a lot of good inventions are that way. I mean, you look at Gatorade, yeah. you know, and, and things like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Gatorade was created for Jesus when he was on the cross. Oh, wait. In Florida. Yeah, in Florida. Yeah, to help him feel better. Yeah, and he was only on the cross, and I'm not talking about, as you know, historically mm-hmm. in the religious sense, he was on the cross to stay away from the alligators. Yeah. I know. If, if you're, Have you seen alligators in the wild? Yes. 
Why it's intimidating. Well, I don't know if I'd say in the wild. So, you know, I was saying I'd been to Kennedy Space Center, yeah. all over Kennedy mm -hmm. Space Center. They're yeah. everywhere. Mm -hmm. In fact, when you're down at the, you know, the replica um, launch control center, yeah. mm -hmm. there's just a bunch of them sitting outside there. Mm -hmm. Yeah, And they just, tell you just kind of be careful, you know. And, yeah, I mean, they're not terribly fast they're not the fastest run they got short level legs they're a lot faster swimmers but um, well they're goddamn dinosaurs is what they are they are they're the, the last remaining ones on this point well that we've got sharks but yeah still same thing yeah but sharks don't scare me as much mm -hmm. and that's because i stay out of the enough, yeah. well but i stay out of the water <laughs> too and I mean, even if I get in the water, we're talking, you know, Bear Lake or a river here yeah. and there, and there aren't a lot of sharks around here. No, not, not very many. So Most of them stay contained to the ocean. Yeah. So at I least mean, pretty safe bet. You're not going to get bitten by sharks if you stay out of the ocean. Exactly. You know, crocodiles or alligators, whatever you want to, you know, whichever one you're talking about, you can be right in their backyard. Yeah, it easily. doesn't matter. We're, I mean, you can go to the ocean. Alligators will come out of the ocean to eat you. Yes. Mm -hmm. Alligators are assholes. And they're they're mean, too. I mean, they have that whole thing. Oh, yeah, well, it's easy to hold their mouth closed. A lot easier to hold it closed than to try to pry it open. Who wants to, you know, try to deal with that kind of a predicament? Okay, well, I'm going to hold its mouth shut so it won't bite me. Sooner or later, you're going to have to let go so that you can get away from there. And the meantime, I guess you just hoping it falls asleep. Yeah, I guess. You hope it falls asleep so that you can, you know, make your break for it. But if it's just faking being asleep, waiting you out, then sooner or later you let go and it's going to take advantage of the opportunity before you can do anything about it. I don't think I'd ever get to the point where I was trying to hold its mouth closed. Exactly. And I don't think you should. No. Yeah. Do you want to get back to the moon landing? Sooner or later. I mean, yeah. lunar or later? What? Sooner or later. Oh, I said, you said lunar. Lunar or later. Lunar or later. Mm -hmm. So we talked about in October of 68 is when uh, Apollo 7 mm -hmm. orbited the Earth. Yeah. Um, in December of the same year, Apollo 8 yeah. uh, took three astronauts to the far side of the moon. Yeah, they were able to circumnavigate the moon. Circumcise. Cir yeah, circumcise the moon. Yeah, they were able to circumcise the moon, which so is it why it looks a yeah. little brighter now, because it doesn't have that hood over it. Yeah, exactly. You they know, that back and snip. yeah, and that's why you can see the moon better with the telescope now than you used to be able to. Yeah, so thank NASA for that for circumcising the moon. Yeah, and uh, thank you, Dr. Kellogg, for suggesting circumcision is important for uh, all right, enough of the tangents. <laughs> yeah, that's all yeah, okay. <laughs> I was gonna say maybe cleanliness, but I, yeah. I don't know if that's true or not. It's next to godliness, yeah. which is a little bit further away than the moon, true. That was the best I could do at tying it back to the lunar landing. <laughs> All right. So uh, back to, so uh, w when it comes to the purpose of going to the moon, I don't, I mean, they set up a bunch of, uh, of uh, tests while they were there. Then you've got certain modules like, you know, uh, receivers up there for uh, bouncing radio waves back and forth from the earth so that they mm -hmm. can communicate. And they took up a bunch of samples I know that they learned a lot about the moon when they uh, did the Apollo 11 landing. So it was very beneficial to them. Um, the six times that they landed on the moon, they did some really cool things and were able to make a lot of uh, discoveries and a lot of advances in science and technology. 
But then 1972 comes along, and what's the point of going back to the moon? I mean, yeah, we, we know we know there's nothing to gain there. We know, well, I mean, there probably is, but... I mean, apart from... Now we're, we're to this point where we've got billionaires who are on the verge of being able to go and do their own lunar spacewalks. Mm-hmm. So, uh, you know, that seems to be kind of the next direction that we're heading. I mean, we've got billionaires going to space but uh you know for what and that's not they're not even benefiting humankind by that that's just their own selfish desires being fulfilled of all i'm gonna go float in space well i mean i think you know the the moon landing in 69 was definitely a prestige thing for the united states i mean it was certainly a space race, as they mm-hmm. called it, you know, between yeah. us and the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. Uh, no doubt about that. Yeah. And us landing there was a win. Mm-hmm. Um, you take away or, anything or else. Uh, portraying that we landed there was a, a win. I mean, that, that goes back to the conspiracy. So, <laughs> well, let, let, for the sake of argument, you know, or no argument, let's just say that all this is real. You know, let's not go down you know, that evil pipe of conspiracy theories because that's not a yet whole, anyway. not yet. Yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it was a prestige thing and it, it's kind of interesting because I've been watching this series on Apple TV, which is for all mankind. Mm-hmm. Um, and it tells an alternate history mm-hmm. um, without giving out too much. It's an excellent show. Probably my wife and I's favorite show on, on any kind of, you know, streaming service or television right now, but it tells an alternate history. Essentially the Soviets land on the moon first Mm -hmm. and then, you know, not to give too much of it away, but then the Americans are the first ones to land a woman on the moon. And then there's all kinds of things like they find water on the moon and and everything's changed. You know, uh, most importantly, John Lennon lives. Oh, wow. I don't know how that has anything to do with the, the this, moon landing, but this is sounding a lot like the man in the high castle goes to space. And I, and see, I tried to watch the man in high castle and I just couldn't get into it. Mm-hmm. It dragged for me. It was, it was definitely an alternate uh, history, but it, this is an alternate history in a, in what I believe to be a very believable mm-hmm. thing, because basically what happens is, through all the seventies, through all the eighties, and even up in, we're in season three now and up into the mid nineties, yeah, the space race has continued and I don't feel it to be too far fetched. Um, and in fact, if anything, I really believe, I mean, you look at the progress we made from 61 to 69, Mm -hmm. if anything in for all mankind, I think the progress made up to the mid nineties is probably not far enough. If that, if Mm -hmm. the space race continued because that's basically what it paints a picture of is it's a constant race to get to space and and they progress it into Mars and things like that. You know, in fact, in the mid nineties, they're attempting to land on Mars. Mm -hmm. That's interesting. And that doesn't seem that extreme. I mean, if we could land on the moon, basically in under a decade, you know, give us three more decades, I would, you know, because it seems like the United States essentially gave up on space yeah. exploration. Yeah, I mean, at this point... Um, Manned space exploration. Yeah, we were able to get to the moon in, I think, three days. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 
um, it would take, I think, a year and a half to get to Mars from here. So, I mean, there's well, and it depends on the, t- you know, it depends on the time of year because yeah. depending yeah. on the orbits, there's yeah, certain times a year it's it's a lot further away. I think there's a certain point in time where it's three years away. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So you have to you have to time it right. Yeah. I mean, really, that's kind of the best case scenario we're looking at is about a year and a half. On the Based on our side. current yeah. technology, I, yeah. I believe in For All Mankind, it takes them a couple months. Is in For All Mankind, is it um, driven by competition between the United yes, States and Russia? Yes, completely. Bas- yeah. Basically, what you see in the 60s is the competition between the U.S. and the Soviet Union. Mm-hmm. That just continues and only builds heat through the 70s and 80s and 90s. Yeah. And w- that's why I say it's very plausible that, mm-hmm. I mean, to me, competition breeds, you know, innovation absolutely, and exploration and everything with it. Because I don't think without the Soviets, number one, John F. Kennedy wouldn't even have made that statement. Yeah. And number two, I don't think we would have pushed so hard to get there. You know, I mean, yeah. it's if you were truly to go back and look at all the, you know, all the computing done and things on hand and you know on paper and things like that it's amazing we were able to accomplish what we accomplished you know especially in such a short amount of time and this country has proven that when we're united together in competition against a rival we can accomplish some pretty awesome things Um, and this goes all the way back to the uh, revolutionary war you know ever since uh, the boston tea party you know, uniting Americans against a common enemy proves that we can accomplish a lot of the impossible. My, this, the sad part for me is I don't know if this country can ever get to a point like that again. I think even when, you know, you even look at the Ukraine situation, the country's divided on what we should do there, whether it be nothing or get involved or, or whatever. Um, hell, I'm divided myself on that. Yeah, I certainly don't want a war, but we seem to stick our nose. You know, we're the great Americans, and I actually truly believe that, but I also say it, it was sarcasm too. Yeah, because we don't need to be the world police force, you know. And and the reason this is my true feelings because we're not policing our own home base very well. No. Um... In fact, with regards to our own uh, our own country, we're so divided over every little thing. I mean, whether or not um, President Trump should still be the president or whether President Biden should be in a nursing home at this point or whether, uh, you know, abortion should be legal or illegal. We're so divided on so many And things. see, here's, here's my thought on that. I think we ought to make a one-time, you know, what would you call it? Just one time vote to legalize abortion on Donald Trump and Joe Biden to abort um, the former president and the current. Yes. Abort them both at this point. I think Dr. Jack Kevorkian would approve. I mean, I'm just, I'm just saying because, (laughs) you know, people say that Biden belongs in a nursing home and I don't disagree. Mm -hmm. Uh, Trump belongs in another kind of home, yeah. <laughs> and I don't disagree with that. So I'm all for legalizing abortion up to 80 years old on two of the former presidents. <laughs> and um, 
I, I mean, I think Jimmy Carter is 140 by now, and he still has a better mind than either of these exactly. guys. Well, the, Jimmy Carter's doing a lot better for this country than both of them put together. Yeah. And, and Jimmy Carter, I mean, his president, presidency was very controversial. I mean, he took over during a very, very tough time with yeah. the economy and everything going uh, on. Let's see, Gerald Ford had just uh, seceded the president, uh, Nixon, who was president during the, the lunar landings. And um, he had pardoned him, and which also you know caused a lot of... Uh, controversy there too mm-hmm. you know should tricky dick have been uh pardoned for the watergate scandal um gerald ford thought so and so he got uh ousted and uh replaced by jimmy carter so uh yeah jimmy carter he really did the best he could at the time oh boy he, he just he had there's a lot of dirty politics. Well, Jimmy around. Carter got blamed for a lot of issues yeah. that he did not cause, as do a lot of presidents. Sure. I mean, I, I think I've said it before. I think presidents get way, way too much blame for certain things that go wrong, and they also get way, way too much credit for certain certain things that go right. Mm-hmm. There's a lot more people involved in our democracy than just the president. And the president is a good figurehead to give credit to and blame things on. And Mm -hmm. it seems to happen about equally on both sides at any Mm -hmm. time. And, you know, but the, the polarization of what we're seeing now, that's kind of bring, brings me back to, can we ever unite against one enemy? Cause right now I think we are, I think we've got one half united against the other half. Yeah. And that's really not where this country needs to be. No, but you never know. Maybe it is where we need to be. Maybe there's no reparation for us at this point. You know, maybe there's no repairing anything and maybe we need to be split. The problem is, is we're not split South and North. We're not split East and West. We're, we're, we're an integrated split. Yeah. That. Well, even I, I saw a, uh, a map about, you know, just for example, the abortion split and, You've got like uh, the whole Bible Belt going from uh, Idaho, Montana, um, down Utah, and Wyoming uh, to Arizona, and across the South, and then and then up again uh, into the Midwest and Ohio and Kentucky, and all the way up to like Maine. Um, with a, a bunch of those, or all of those states being uh, abortions illegal, completely banned. And then you've got a few other states interspersed there. Like you've got the the coasts, which are, you know, uh, abortion still legal. And then Colorado (laughs) and, you know, a couple of of random states here and there. Um, You know, and it's just, it's kind of strange to, to look at it and see the country divided this way. You know, we, we talked about abortion quite extensively on our last episode, and mm-hmm. I know this is far, you know, we're all over the place, yeah. which is the reason this is called About What, because mm-hmm. generally we don't have a clue what we're talking about. But yeah. Abortion and space travel, I will now tie them together. Yes. <laughs> I'll be honest with you, I've changed my mind on abortion. Okay. And I, I've thought a lot about it, and I think a woman should be able to choose anything that goes on with her body. Okay. No matter what. Right. Um, I don't, it, you know, obviously when you get into 
seven, eight months pregnant, you're, you're probably committing some kind of crime at that point. But mm-hmm. I think early abortion, my opinion, that should be a woman's choice. Sure. And it, and they're not always going to make the popular choice or are not always going to make the right choice. They're sometimes going to use it as a manner of um, contraception. Like you've said before, yeah. it's not an easy way, mm-hmm. but I, I think we need to make the hard decision that if we're going to be free, we're going to be free. Not, yeah. not we're going to be free with the exception of these things we have an issue with. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm still very much in favor of emasculating the entire male part of the species well i don't disagree with that until they've proven that they can uh handle bearing children do you want to get back to the moon landing absolutely so july 20th 1969 okay we've got a sad john collins Mm -hmm. yeah sitting you know the michael collins but yeah he's john's little brother i thought his middle name was john and they called him john okay let's call him john so John Collins is sitting up there in the uh, orbiter. You know what? I don't even know what the hell his name is. This guy doesn't matter. He, he did. This is the sad guy. Okay, this is the this is the real sucky part of history. Okay, this is the third man that was in the uh, in the space shuttle going up, or not shuttle, but the space ship. <laughs> the well, the command from, module. Yeah, the command module. Okay, yeah, he was the yeah, pilot on, of the command module. on the rocket. Yeah, but nobody really knows who. You know, everybody <laughs> knows, knows his name. <laughs> yeah, we're sitting here reading about it, and we don't know his goddamn name. I read about it like an hour ago, and I don't know his damn name. <laughs> but it's because guess what? This son of a bitch didn't step foot on the moon. So, mm-hmm. what importance does he have? And what's his quote? The, I, hey, uh, see you later. <laughs> see you later. Wish I could be with you guys. <laughs> like his, his big quote was, um, I, I hope those guys have enough thrust to get back up into orbit so we can go home together. <laughs> well, but he could go home either way. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you know, I get, you know, and may, maybe we're looking at this the wrong way. Maybe he was, you know, maybe he was sitting up there like, uh-huh. I ain't going down there because I might not <laughs> never come back. Exactly. So I'm just going to sit up here, and if these guys aren't back here in four hours, well, that's I'm out. There, there was a lot of if iffiness about all, every step of this. Mission. Yeah, so, I'm going to wait up. I'm going to wait outside the house, and if you guys yeah. don't come back, <laughs> I'm timing you. Uh-huh. I'm going home. I, I watched uh, in preparation for this. Um, it's on Hulu, and it's called Apollo 11, and they've got all this footage that NASA took, and like it's like even newsreels and a lot of it's um, narrated by Walter Cronkite around the whole thing about what's going on. And I mean, you get this real sense of tension uh, from beginning to end. I probably ought to watch this. You really should. And it's, it's, it's entertaining. I mean, if entertaining, I don't know if it's the right word, but it's captivating. 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 Yeah. It's really compelling and interesting show. Um, So, yeah, <laughs> this poor guy, he's up there and he's like, uh, yeah, I'm going to gonna wait for these guys to get back and then we're going to go back down there. And, <laughs> and that's just kind of like, how's everything going? There were so many catchphrases that were coined during this time. This uh, this was really a significant trip. Well, uh, for example, when they landed in the Sea of Tranquility, yeah. the eagle has landed. Yeah, 
The eagle has landed. That's where that comes from. One uh, small step for man, one giant leap for mankind. That's Neil Armstrong. Um, let's see, Buzz Aldrin, he's, his whole thing, I think, was, um, I'm going to uh, leave the landing module now, and I'm not going to lock the door. <laughs> and uh, Neil Armstrong and then, says, yeah, that's probably a good idea. And then Michael Collins. <laughs> Good God Almighty, I didn't get to go down with you guys. Yeah, for real. This is bullshit. <laughs> yeah. That one wasn't recorded, but... No, he, he just kind of sat up there in orbit. Because, I mean, these guys were down there for, I think, a day, weren't they? Yeah. Yeah, and um, Michael Collins just keeps orbiting the moon. <laughs> just keep going from dark side to light side, dark side to light side, just up there in, in his orbiter. Uh, you know, piloting that thing around and like, okay, well, I'm just going to wait. So Neil was the first one to step foot on the moon. Yeah. Uh, Buzz Aldrin, 20 minutes behind him, something like that. Yeah. And uh, Neil guided him down and said, okay, you know, there's a couple more steps and then a really big step. (laughs) Yeah. The landing ladder was about three feet off the ground. And they planted an American flag and spoke to Richard Nixon on the phone. Yes, they did. Which Richard Nixon says is the most important phone call ever made out of the White House. That's for sure. Mm-hmm. He had a couple other important ones made out of the White House that didn't turn out too well for him. And there's 18 minutes missing from the <laughs> very important call. There you go. <laughs> um, but the uh, Richard Nixon had a backup um, uh, speech prepared just in case this whole thing uh, went awry. And, I mean, like I said, there was so much that could have gone wrong any step of the way. I didn't know this. They left a plaque on the surface of the moon that says, Here men from the planet Earth first set foot on the moon July of 1969 A.D. Mm-hmm. We came in peace for all mankind. That's also where we get for all mankind from. For all mankind. Yeah. There you go. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Love- what about Godspeed? Godspeed. Well, the Godspeed has been around for forever, but that's a big one for during that time. Um, yeah, referring to Houston and, you know, everything that goes along with that. Oh, and the famous quote, another famous quote from Michael Collins. Yeah. Where the hell have you guys been? Yeah, that's it. Yes. <laughs> it's been two days. I've been driving around the block. Yeah. <laughs> Just sitting there circling. <laughs> yeah, so... Pretty amazing that what we were able to accomplish with the uh, lack of technology, essentially. Yeah, I've heard it time and time again that, like, the amount of technology in the TI-83 calculator Mm -hmm. is stronger than all the technology that they had to pull off this. So it makes you wonder if we wanted to land men on the moon now, what kind of preparation it would take and you know, how quickly we could do it, and could it be done easily? Well, you'd think we'd be able to do it more efficiently. You would you know? think. I you'd mean... Think, but we also haven't been practicing at this. I mean, we haven't landed... We haven't landed the shuttle, which, you know, is now retired. The Challengers, you know, retired. And what's the... What was the other one? That's what you... Doesn't matter. That's what you would hope they'd have, something like a shuttle or something that could... Yeah. You wouldn't have to have a command module mm-hmm. that you know, that would dock and whatever. Yeah. You could just enter the atmosphere and mm-hmm. yeah, land on the surface, get back in your ship and take off. Exactly. And that's kind of the direction we were headed as we uh, got into some of the later um, programs where, with the space shuttle is that the space shuttle was 
basically just a giant flying airplane that you could take off and well i mean he took off with some really big uh, rockets strapped to it that it uh, dumped as it got into the upper atmosphere but then um the space shuttle also was able to return and land like an airplane so, yeah mm -hmm. to me that makes sense you know the, the shuttles like you see in star wars yeah. not the shuttles but the ships the little landers and stuff that yeah. Those guys use. yeah why we aren't to a point like that I don't know. I mean, it, certainly George Lucas is not at the helm on uh, our actual space program. Maybe he should be. Maybe he should be. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's about a dream, right? It's yeah. not about. It's about a hero's journey. It is. And, and, jo and Joseph Campbell. And regardless of whether you believe the moon landing in 1969 to be factual or made up. Mm -hmm. One thing is for sure, it certainly made a huge, huge impact and essentially declared us the winners in the space race. Mm -hmm. And we kicked the Soviets' asses. We sure did. I mean, uh, had it not been for this, maybe Rocky IV wouldn't have even been made. It might have had an alternate ending for sure. I know that it was supposed to have an alternate ending. Uh, yeah. I um, mean, Apollo Rock, Creed Rocky died. Was, yeah. But I think Rocky was supposed to die at the end of uh, Rocky Four. And I've seen Rocky Five and Rocky Balboa. Mm -hmm. And it maybe, might maybe he should have. Yeah, that's yeah. Okay. I mean, they're okay, especially Rocky Five. I mean, very very clearly, Rocky has been knocked a little silly by yeah. Ivan Drago. So maybe Rocky should have uh, died at the end of Rocky Four. It wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, I mean, regardless, Sylvester Stallone's making enough money. He doesn't care. So here's the deal. We've done another podcast and beat the shit out of an issue and explained it very poorly. poorly mm -hmm. um, since we don't know it that well. Mm -hmm. and, and we don't do our due diligence because, you know what, you can go rent a book. Mm -hmm. You can watch a movie. Yeah, We're here to entertain ourselves. Mm -hmm. And that's about it. Yeah, there's uh, definitely a lot of conspiracy that goes on with uh, with the lunar landing. Did it happen? Did it not? Should we delve into that? I, You know, let us know. Yeah. If you're out there, let us know if you want to hear some of these conspiracies, because we will certainly dip our toe in it, get a little information, and probably not explain it very well. Yeah. Send us an email at aboutwhatpod at gmail.com. There you go. Follow us on Instagram, aboutwhatpod. And we'll see you next week. Yep. See you later. <laughs>